Welcome to Saturday Morning Rewind, a show dedicated to the love of animation and feeling like a kid again. So let's go back in time to when cats defended Third Earth. Sword of Omens, give me sight beyond sight. A masked duck protected the streets of St. Canard. I am the terror that flaps in the night. And knowing was half the battle. Yo, Joe! Let's go back with Saturday Morning Rewind and your host... Tim Nidell. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of Saturday Morning Rewind. Of course, I am your host, Tim Nidell, and I would honestly love it if you guys went out there and followed me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Instagram and Twitter are both the same. It's at Saturday Rewind, one word. And Facebook, just type in Saturday Morning Rewind and you'll find me. So please go do that because I love hearing from every one of you. And for today's episode, I love it. I have the very talented Diane Pershing on the show today. Of course, she was the voice of Poison Ivy from Batman, the animated series. What is my sweet little fly trap caught this time? <laughs> Batman. A late night rendezvous? To what do I owe the honor? Oh, the poor district attorney. I hear he's not expected to live. But she was also the voice of Natasha and Spinarella from She-Ra from the early 80s. Don't worry, Spinarella, it's me. I'm all right. What's going on? I thought you were being held by the rebels. No way, sister. Shadow Weaver and Hodak tricked you. They just wanted to use your spinning power. And one of my favorites, she was the voice of Pearl Pureheart from the new adventures of Mighty Mouse from 1979 in the early 80s. Oh, it's that revolting rustler! Oil can't hurry! But honestly, Diane is such a sweetheart. I love her to death. And so it was great to have her on the show finally chat about all those cartoons I just mentioned. She also asked me to help her get some more numbers to her Facebook page. So please go find her Facebook page and give it a quick like. It's at official Diane Pershing. But of course, I need to give another quick shout out to my good friends over at CelebWorks. You guys are awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. Please go follow them as well on Facebook and everything. It's CelebWorks with an X at the end of it. And if you're looking to book any voiceover talent for your next convention coming up, please think of CelebWorks. They have amazing, amazing talent. Diane is one of them, by the way. But they have so many amazing voice actors on there. So think of them next time you're trying to book a convention. They're called CelebWorks with an X at the end of it. And of course, make sure to check out my website, SaturdayMorningRewind.com. Make sure to check out our YouTube channel. And by the way, we just hit 10,000 subscribers. So honestly, I want to thank all of you who have already subscribed. You guys are awesome. I love you to death. And there's so many amazing new content coming out your way. So stay tuned for that. Of course, if you're not already subscribed, go to our website. You'll see all the links on the website, or just type in Saturday Morning Rewind on YouTube and you'll find us. One more quick thing, I want to give a huge thanks to our fellow Patreon supporters. You guys are the oil that keeps this machine going. So thank you, Jared Tolbert, Mike Clemens, Erica Palello, Caitlin O'Greatone, Gemma Bright, Tori Garvin, Jeff Peterson, who is a new supporter, by the way. So Jeff, thank you so much. For your donation it's it's gonna go somewhere trust me it goes 100 into this podcast or the youtube show and it just makes it a lot better so if you wanted to become a patreon supporter just go to our donation tab on our website uh they start at two bucks a month 
And like I said, 100% of it goes to the podcast or YouTube show. And it's just going to make everything so much better than it already is. So thank you so much for everybody who has already contributed to that. And yeah, I guess let's get to the interview. Like I said, Diane Pershing, she's amazing. Love her to death. Hung out with her for a little bit at the uh, Stanley LA Comic Con in 2017. And now I finally have her on the show. So here is my interview with Diane. I guess I just want to get started by saying how much of a big fan I am of a lot of your stuff. I did not realize how much of your stuff I loved until looking up a lot of information. Like you wrote actually for TV, which I did not know. Yeah. Yes, I wrote for t- I I've had a varied career, as you have probably found out through some of the research you've done. Uh-huh. But I've uh, I basically spent the first eight to ten years of my life as a singer, um, backup singer, and, and and with a singing group called the Establishment, and and various and some TV stuff, and just you know singing. And then I got into voiceovers and. Um, while I and I got never left voiceovers, been doing that my whole life, and um, and in that time that I've done voiceovers, I also started writing. I wrote uh, some uh, for the uh, Love Boat. I was on the staff of the Love Boat for six months <laughs> until new producers came in and fired everybody, wow. which is kind of how it works in TV. Yeah. And then I wrote another couple of independent scripts, and then I decided I really didn't want to do that anymore. And then later on, I wrote 19 romance novels, and um, I still write some reviews for um, a small newspaper, the Malibu Times. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I write film reviews because I've always loved films, you know, so... Yeah, I've sort of been busy. I mean, you're like a jack-of-all-trades. It's amazing. Well, uh, you know, it's funny. I have a lot of interests, and for a long time in my youth, I used to kind of uh, say to myself, gee, if you just concentrate on one thing, you know, you'd just be a star. And then I realized I didn't want to be a star. I like my privacy. (laughs) And I also realized that I really was interested in a lot of things, and why not explore them? And now you know, 40 years in the business, um, I'm fine with the fact that I did a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's been a lovely journey. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned being a backup singer. You actually were a backup singer for Johnny Mathis. That is amazing. Johnny Mathis was my first professional job. Yeah, I got right out of college and went to work for him and um, and and several others, uh, Andy Williams and Ann Margaret and Henry Mancini. And, um, I mean, people that are older will know these names. I don't know that the, your younger audience will, <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. Um, I did I did a stint as a backup singer on the Sonny and Cher show for a while. Wow, how was that? Yeah, it was great. It was great. And then and then this uh, group, the establishment, um, was a, sh- a show group. We did... Vegas and Tahoe and Reno and toured the world. We were an opening act for a lot of stars, and we sang and danced, and um, that was a joy to be part of that group. It was uh, ten, 10 people, and um, I was in and out of that group for a few years because I took off time to have babies. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Ah, yes, the old babies. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, so um, I'll be putting up my new website soon, and on that there are various, uh, there's going to be some some, you know, buttons to push to go see some old performances and my old books and stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to when that happens. Yeah, our mutual friend Christy from Voice Chasers, she sent me one of the uh, links of you singing, I think it was Rudolph Reno's Reindeer with Johnny. 
Yes, it was that. It was with Johnny. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, we we did a few TV specials when I was with him. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it was great. It was a wonderful introduction into the world of professional entertainers. Um, I'd always sung all my life. I love, love, love to sing. Um, I love music. And I was very lucky. Uh, and, I mean, I'm good. I'm not going to take away from myself. But yeah. I also, the timing in most of the uh, career things that have happened for me has been, uh, you know, just kind of astonishing. Yeah. You happen to be in the right place at the right time, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then also, when you, as everybody knows, that's good. Timing is good, but you have to have the professionalism and the talent to back it up. And I did have both, and uh, and I'm really, I feel blessed. I really do. Tell me about your voice acting career. How did you get your foot into that door? Well, you know, uh, I w- there was a show um, on in Southern California called Dusty's Treehouse, um, and it was. A very sweet, very darling show uh, with a wonderful man named Stu Rosen, who later went on to direct quite a few cartoons for Marvel. Um, and he was this character, Dusty, and there was always puppets that he talked to on the show, and sometimes the puppets and other people did little musicals. And I had met Stu, and he took me on, and I was doing puppet voices, both speaking and singing, for quite a while. And so that was kind of my introduction into not being seen but being heard. Uh-huh. So that when uh, my commercial agent, I was doing on-camera commercials, uh, heard me, uh, and his name was Bob Lloyd. He was quite instrumental in a lot of us getting our foot in the door in voiceovers. He heard me talking, and he said, I think you should be doing voiceovers. And I said, okay, show me where, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. And then I was sitting in his office is such a great story and um some people called they needed a woman to do an on-air commercial um and it had to be that afternoon and he said bob said she's sitting right here and i went and did that and i had that job which was the voice for uh, jc penny southern california for (laughs) seven years oh man you know wow (laughs) so that's what i mean by timing yeah Um, Somebody else could have gotten the gig, but I was in his office, you know? Yep, exactly. One of my favorite cartoon series of all time when I was a kid was definitely the Mighty Mouse cartoons. And, of course, you were yes, in one of the ones. Your heart. Yes. yes. Oh, see, I didn't even know that was you until recently. That's amazing. Well, how could you know? I mean, I know. first of all, I talked up here, and that doesn't sound like me. <laughs> and then they speeded it up just a teensy bit. Not a lot, but just enough to sound, you know, like that. Yep. And uh, and it was yeah I've got a I've got a high register too you know it just didn't I didn't use it much because my uh, it seemed that the work that I got mostly was just my natural speaking voice or a sexy version of it like yeah. like Poison Ivy you know tell me about working yeah. on Mighty Mouse alongside with Alan Oppenheimer oh it was wonderful wonderful such a joy first of all it was a joy to work over at Filmation they were such good guys Norm Prescott and Lou Scheimer they were just darling men and they they kept having us there was a, a few of us that kept coming back and doing all the work you know and it was a lo- lovely to be part of the of the system it was alan and then when i did um uh flash gordon i worked with the late and great uh bob ridgely wow. um 
and uh, had such a good time. And uh, and I think oh that's right. And Alan was the was Ming the merciless on that one. Uh-huh. He was the he was the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. guys worked with each other quite a bit actually on the filmation oh, a stuff lot. at least. Yeah. 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 We really there was a there was as I said just a, you know a few of us that uh, they liked a lot and I kept coming back for guest shots and Natosa on um, what you call it Shira. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Melindy Britt, wonderful voice. Oh, what a voice. Oh, of course. Amazing. Amazing. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Another one of my favorites was actually Flash Gordon as well. Um, Like you said, Lou Scheimer. I've heard amazing, amazing things about Lou Scheimer and Filmation. Darling man, very talented, very creative, really ahead of his time. If you look at some of the old Filmation stuff, uh, people copied it later. You know, it might not have had the legs that something like the Batman series has, you know, but... But um, but it was great stuff, really good stuff. Yeah. What do you remember most about working on She-Ra? I don't remember that much because you know it was, what, 40 years ago, 30 years ago? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's, I'd love to tell you fabulous stories, um, but I remember going in, having fun, doing the work, and going home. Yep, exactly. It's a job for you. you That's know, what it is. The, it's a, it was a job, but it was a joyous job. And, and voiceovers was great because you really, it didn't take up the whole day. You didn't have to work nine to five. Yeah. You know, you'd both auditions and the jobs didn't take more than, well, auditions take five minutes, you know. You speak into a microphone two, three times, two different kinds of takes, and then you, they, they send it off, you know. Um, and the jobs, depending, I mean, I, I had jobs where I was there all day talking, you know, when I had long narrations for a documentary or uh, some kind of medical journal show or something like that, then I was there for a long time. Mm-hmm. But, but mostly um, an hour, you know, yeah. and you're done. That's remarkable. And it just, it's something that lasts, you know, 30, 40 years. And who knew, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I do remember laughing a lot um, at at a lot of the sessions because some of the guys I worked with were so funny. (laughs) (gasps) And by the way, just definitely X-rated. And I mean, it was hard to get my breath. I'd laugh so hard. And then to do the take afterwards. But we did. (laughs) Oh, man, to hear the the behind-the-scenes footage would just be amazing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Pat Fraley. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. You know, He's a funny, wonderfully funny people. Yeah. Let's fast forward a little bit and talk about seriously one of the best cartoons of my generation, at least, Batman, the animated series. Uh, of course, yeah. you voiced Poison Ivy. Tell me. Ab- yes, I did for about eight years. Yeah. Tell me about that yeah. process. How did you get involved with Batman? Oh, I thank Andrea Romano for I had come I had come to uh, they were it was the first one uh, uh where they were introducing Poison Ivy which was entitled uh, Pretty Poison. Mm-hmm. And I went to the session that they uh, to have a small role. And apparently and I don't know who it was, the actress that was supposed to do Poison Ivy couldn't show up, didn't show up, whatever was ill, I don't know the answer. But Andrea turned to me and said, "Would you like to audition for this?" Wow. And I said, Okay, <laughs> and I looked at the thing, and I and I remember thinking, well, she's obviously sexy. I looked at the at the cell, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at look at her, my gosh! And but she's also Doctor Pamela Isley, PhD, so she's smart. Yes. So I'd done quite a series, quite a lot of cosmetic commercials by then with this kind of cosmetic voice, you know. And I just put her in there, and then I also just 
have been told that I sound intelligent when I talk. I have a kind of crisp <laughs> delivery. So um, I thought intelligent and sexy. We'll just put her in both of those. And I got the part. Perfect. And it's another, it's and another again, instance. timing. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Exactly. 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 Yeah. I, I mean, really, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I had Andrea on the podcast late last year and such an yeah. amazing, amazing woman. Ah, oh, so brilliant, so uh-huh. talented, uh-huh. so specific in her directions, so so good to actors, letting them try different things. Um, excellent, excellent director. I was at the con last October with you guys um, when Andrea yeah. was there. And just to see yeah. the two of you together was amazing. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she was. She's. She's still. I just saw her at another con uh, the a few weeks ago. She was. Uh, she's a delightful human being. I mean, she's just very down to earth and very talented. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Did you know anything about Poison Ivy, the character herself, or even the Batman franchise before taking on the job? Well, no, because well, I guess I'd probably seen cartoon. I've seen comics of Batman. And let me see, were any of the Batman movies out yet? Yes, the, they the had. Live action? They had at least the uh, two with Michael Keaton out. But Yes, with Michael Keaton. And I probably saw those. Uh, but the show hadn't even debuted when I did my first one. It was, okay. They were, they were uh, recording the, I think it was the seventh or eighth episode. So I didn't know anything about it. Of course not, no. And yeah. uh, speaking of movies. Did you ever watch the Batman and Robin movie where Poison Ivy is one of the characters? You know, I haven't seen any other versions of Poison Ivy than myself. And it isn't because I have an ego involved. It's just that the movies themselves didn't interest me at the time. Yeah, Um, They just didn't. And and it isn't because they're bad movies. I just sort of moved away from going to that kind of movie. But um, I'm sure they did great job with all kinds of people. You know, I, I just I just kind of you know I stopped recording the show and I sort of lost interest in it. And it wasn't because again it was a job. I yep. had a lot of other jobs those years. You know, and then all of a sudden this. Not all of a sudden. I guess it had been happening a while. This 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 fan base and this uh, this accolades for that particular cartoon um, let me know, and obviously others, that this was pretty special. And all of a sudden, I thought, oh, something I did twenty five years ago, <laughs> you know, is 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 coming back to you know favor, um, and how nice and how unusual. Yeah. What is it like meeting those fans now at these conventions? It's so lovely. It's so lovely. You know, I had a bit of a prejudice before I went to my first con because I hadn't ever been to one, uh-huh. right? You know, I had the the contempt prior to investigation that they call it. But uh, I, I, I had thought, oh, who are these people? I mean, they're so, you know, they're so... They're so, you know, obsessive about cartoons, yeah. you know, and who are these people that dress up in clothing? I mean, wow, you know, who could they be, all right? Yep. I go to my first one, was it Phoenix? I can't remember. Um, I go to my first one, and I was, first of all, blown away by the artistry of the cosplayers. I mean, they are amazing. They're amazing. And talking to them, they're lovely, darling people. They give a lot of their time to children. They're, 
this is a this is a hobby for them, and it's an intense hobby, and they love their hobby, and I have hobbies that I love. So who am I to judge anybody? Yeah. You know. And then talking to the fans that would come up for my autograph, always so, so inspiring to know that these are good people who I might have had a small effect on their lives. Mm -hmm. You know, not me, but the show. Yeah, of course. And then sometimes me, because the character of Poison Ivy was kind of the first feminist cartoon character, you know. I mean, if you think about it, she's kind of not a very nice person as my granddaughter likes to say but (laughs) she is she's strong she's capable she's independent she lets no man walk all over her i mean you know she's kind of amazing yeah and apparently a lot of the younger i mean they're older now when they come to see me but in their youth that had a very very strong effect on them and oh am i glad to have done that for them you know yeah exactly and i'm the same way where these cartoons affected me in a big way not so much as a kid i loved them as a kid but my father passed away six years ago and i used these old childhood cartoons i i used them as like a time machine i rewatched them and it brought me back to my childhood and it helped me cope with the death of my father wow yeah Oh, Tim, that's a marvelous story. And that's when I created the show. I created the show the month my father passed away because I was watching these cartoons. I was thinking, I need to talk to these people who affected my life this this way. Wow. I mean, I did have one young woman come up who apparently there'd been abuse in her home, and she said that when Poison Ivy told Harley Quinn, do not let Joker walk all over you. You uh. are not, you know, you're, you, you are the boss of you. She said it affected her deeply, and she told me the story with tears streaming wow. down her face. Yeah, exactly. I'm so, getting goosebumps and, right now. That's amazing. I mean, and I'm looking at her, and I'm going, oh, my. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we you, can make a difference, yeah. you know? Yeah, you, you never know. Behind that microphone, you never would have known, you know? I never would have known. I was doing a job that I was, by the way, enjoying enormously. I had the best time on those sessions. Mm-hmm. You know, I had Mark Hamill on my right and <laughs> Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. on my wow. left. And all these amazing guest stars would come on. You know, all these people whose work I just, you know, admired so much. And I got to talk to some of them afterwards and tell them what a fan I was, you know, which was yeah. so nice. And and just such a fine group of people. Yeah, I think, really. I think that series was one of the first series to get some the major movie stars in to voice some characters. Oh, yeah. Oh, it became the thing, you know, the thing to get a guest shot on. Mm-hmm. And it was so interesting and funny, you know. Yeah, it became, it was iconic back then, too. But then, you know, I didn't know it would last. Yep. Tell me about working with Kevin Conroy. Well, I worked with him because he was usually on my left about four or five microphones down. But we were in it, you know, this is one of the only cartoon series and I don't think anything I've done since has really been like this, where we all were in the room at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, pretty much always. Once in a while, somebody had to just read somebody else's lines. But, you know, um, so we could work as actors. We're all, we're all trained actors, all of us. We're all done. I mean, I've done a lot of stage work and, and that kind of stuff. And we're all trained actors, which means we like to make eye contact and we like to listen to what the other person is saying and let that affect our delivery of the next line. 
And so Kevin, a highly Juilliard-trained actor, was wonderful that way. So even though we were a kind of around a little circle, I would make eye contact with him, I would react to him and with him, and he was just a joy to work with, mm. a joy. They all were. They all were, really. Was there a uh, class clown of the bunch? Class clown. I would say that Mark I came can see up that. with the strangest and most wonderful ad-libs. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say he was pretty much... I mean, it fits. Um, He's the Joker. You know, it fits. He's the Joker, but also, I don't think his mind ever stops. (laughs) He's, oh, I mean, he's very creative, and he's very funny, and he's always, you know, it's kind of like Robin Williams, only without the sickness. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, Amazing stuff. And I hear he was was a huge fan of of the Batman franchise, even before taking on the role. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. He's 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 on board. Yeah. And I wish we could get him at a con. Wouldn't that be oh. great? I mean, I know he's done some things, but yeah. I mean, he's very busy. He's got a big career. Oh, I know. You know? It's crazy. It's insane. I did see that I you know. guys have a big con coming up in October, a reunion of Batman animated series at the Alamo City Comic Con. I wish I could be there. Uh, yeah. I know. We could all we could all wish I, I'm not gonna be going to all of these. I'm going to be going to oh, I don't know where I'm going. I have some more this year and then I've got that nice big one at in uh Pensacola yeah, next Pensacola, year. Pensacola, February uh, of twenty nineteen I saw. Yeah, that's gonna be great. Yeah, no, I, I love I love it. I love it. When my when the people that represent me, Celebrex, uh yep. Neary, uh and and Chris can get me on something can get me to a con where Kevin is there or a couple other people from the cast. It's always wonderful for the fans, you know, um, because they get to all these people that they just admired so in the past, you know. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Now, in the beginning, you mentioned talking about writing some romantic novels. Tell me about those. I I think I read that you have 19 of them out. I I did I well they're 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 probably actually they're probably available in on ebook or something like that no I and probably some audio I don't know I I've sort of lost touch with it I wrote romance novels from 1992 till about 2004 okay um and it was wonderful fun I enjoyed it enormously um I even was on the board and then the president of Romance Writers of America. Wow. And this was all while I was still doing voiceovers. I mean that's the nice <laughs> thing about the voiceovers is, is that I could um do other things I loved because it again it wasn't a full-time job and mm-hmm. I could work my schedule around it, you know. Now this may be so a weird I, question. This may be a weird question, but Poison Ivy was a very sultry sexy character. Did you ever draw any of her inspiration from her for your romantic novels? Oh dear God, no! Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, <laughs> they were two separate. Um, no, isn't that interesting that you asked me that? What a great question. Um, when I was inhabiting Poison Ivy uh, at the recording sessions, I was very aware of who she was. But when I was writing my romance novels, I was making up characters all over the place that I didn't understand at all. Uh. But just sort of delved into them and tried to psych them out. So it was like another another acting job, you know. I, my, my heroines are all very different. They go from very shy and naive to very forthright and very sexy, but not because they're poison ivy. None of them were evil. None of them were, okay. were that 
single-minded, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of uh, passion. Do you ever yeah. put Do you ever put your sh- yourself in these, these books? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. My first one, as a matter of fact, was about a voiceover actress. Oh, there you go. She was... Um, and she was, and this was the time when I wrote these. This was in '92, when they were still giving most of the spokesperson jobs to men. And I had been fairly instrumental in doing a study through AFTRA at the time on the fact that really the uh, the public doesn't need to have men be the spokesperson all the time. Women are perfectly acceptable to them, mm-hmm. but the but the advertisers didn't want to hear that. So um, I wrote a story about a woman who um, who auditions for um, a major spokesperson and doesn't get it because she's not um, a, a man. And then um, basically the story goes on with a, a romance, the guy that you know is, has the company that wants to hire her, and, and there's all these things, you know that go on like that but that was my first inspiration yeah nice write what you know right exactly <laughs> yeah yeah and later on i wrote about lawyers and and children's authors and all kinds of manicurists wow yeah, yeah. <laughs> people that i knew in yeah. my life and that i could interview and find out you know who they were so it was great very cool do you have anything coming yeah. up that you wanted to promote or anything you want to talk about um, I'm hoping, when, well, you know what I would love? I would love it if everybody listening here would go to my Diane Pershing website and like it. Yes. Um, I've got two. One is the personal one where I can friend you, and that is pretty much for, for friends and family and people I've met. Okay. I mean, I have, I've met people at cons that I've said yes to a friendship. But the other one is all the news about me, and I want more likes on it. Perfect. I will definitely make sure people do that. I'll put links on all of our um, websites as well. Great. That would be terrific because, you know, the people that put the cons together want to know what kind of presence you have on social Uh, media, and I'm terrible at that stuff. (laughs) Boy, am I bad. But I'm trying. Yep. It's hard. It's hard. I know. It really is. Yeah. I'm just so grateful um, I'm not finished yet. I'm still auditioning. I'm still doing voice voiceovers, mm-hmm. although the work is much less as I age, which is normal, and that's fine. Um, but I am—I count myself incredibly lucky to have found um, a career that I love, and I've always loved my jobs. It's never been a problem. You know, I go there with enthusiasm. I love reading the copy, I enjoy making the sponsor or the ad people happy, you know. I've always been that person, and I've also done lots of other things that I also love. So I can say that I am a pretty contented person that way, and I count myself very lucky because there are too many people in the world who do not enjoy their work or Mm -hmm. don't even have the chance to have good work that pays well. And so I think I'm a very, very lucky human being. And yeah, you're you're great at what you do. So thank you so much. Uh, well, thank you so much, Tim. <laughs> Diane, I had a great time. I've been a huge fan of your work, like I said, for a very, very long time. So this has been great. Oh, thank you. Thanks for asking me. Yeah. Can I have you close out the interview as Poison Ivy, if you can? Sure. Okay, Tim. It's really been wonderful fun. And I hope maybe I'll see you again at a con. 
Thanks for listening to Saturday Morning Rewind. Please check them out on Facebook and Twitter. And that's all, folks.